Hi everyone, it's uh, Dave Barnett, um, author of Invest Local and um, keeper of the investlocalbook.com blog site. I wanted to talk with you a little bit today about negotiation. Um, I was talking with a good friend and client over the weekend who has found a business that he wants to buy and he's been talking with the um, the owner and a problem has arisen between the two of them which I ran into way too many times um, in my years as a business broker and I still see it happen all the time when I'm talking with people who are trying to get these types of deals done and the problem is incorrect expectations set in someone's mind so in this case the seller has gotten advice from his accountant who sent him to someone to do an evaluation on his business and this business has an EBITDA cash flow of between 140 and as high as 219,000 over the last few years and so what that means is it's the the cash flow before depreciation taxes and interest and amortization uh, so if you bought that business and you didn't work there, if all the roles were filled by employees, then at the end of the day you would walk away with between $139,000 and $219,000 each year. Now, my client is probably going to buy this business and take over the management role. And when he did that, he would, he would take the management salary that the current owner slash manager is taking which is a little over 50 grand so the owner of the business went to their accountant their accountant sent them to someone who supposedly is an expert in evaluating businesses and told them that the business was worth 1.2 million dollars so this evaluation was done about two years ago and right off the top of my head um, what that means is that the business would deliver between 8 and 13% return on investment. So if you wrote a check for $1.2 million, you'd get between 8 and 12% return from owning this business. And um, that is just totally crazy for a, a small business. Um, those types of rates of returns are typically seen in, you know, older apartment buildings and commercial real estate deals and commercial real estate and apartment buildings are a lot less risky than small businesses because essentially you're buying a big solid tangible asset um, that's probably going to stand for a hundred years and uh, in a business you've got competition you've got employees coming and going you've got bad debts you've got you know people trying to eat your lunch, people trying to steal your clients. Typically what you see is people looking for rates of return of like 40% when they start talking about small business. Um, so applying like a 2.2 a or 2.4 multiplier to the cash flow uh, for a small business. And that's typically of the seller's discretionary income. The multiplier gets a little bit bigger when you're talking about EBITDA, like three up to five when you're talking about manufacturing businesses. Just to give you an idea, this the multiplier, if you looked at it this way on this example business, um, 
was nine or ten times, uh, actually between eight and nine times, if we looked at the lower revenue number. Eight or nine times cash flow is something you would find uh, in the publicly traded stock market. So that's totally irrational in the small business world. So how do you deal with that? If you're a person that wants to buy a business and you're ready to pay a reasonable price, and so a reasonable price in this case would probably be somewhere between $450,000 and $600,000, just without doing a, a careful analysis, just ballparking the numbers that I saw, that's half of what the guy wants, or less than half. So what do you do in a situation like this? Because he's got a piece of paper from someone that he believes in that tells him the business is worth this extravagant amount of money. And oh, in my experience, there's a couple different ways you can deal with it. Number one, wait two to three years. Um, eventually, they'll get it through their head that nobody's willing to act on their price. Um, enough people will come and look at it and say, no, thank you. Um, enough people will come and look at it and make offers in a reasonable price range um, and they'll start to get an understanding that their price is unreasonable. What I like to do though is I like to play the I'm an idiot card where you go to the seller and you say I've looked at your numbers, I've considered your asking price and there must be something that I'm missing because I can't seem to get the numbers to work to give me what you're asking and I know that the value must be there uh, because you're a reasonable person and I'm wondering if you can explain it to me how did you get to that number or how did your expert get to that number because here's some some calculator fun if we were to take $1.2 million, I think with a 7% interest rate, if we were going to say let's borrow the entire amount, which you can't do, you can't borrow the entire amount to buy a business, but we can t use this as a mental example. We can say the bank requires a certain rate of return, and we would certainly want at least that rate of return on our own money, right? So let's just say you borrowed the entire amount, $1.2 million, at 7% and you had to pay back over 10 years. The annual debt service payments were over $150,000. So the business is not able to pay for itself. The business just cannot create the cash flow. And whoever today is willing to put down good money to bet that they know beyond a shadow of a doubt with certainty that a small business is gonna be profitable and fully functioning 10 years from now, that person is not making a wise move. So that was my advice to this guy is to, is to play the I'm an idiot card. Can you help, help me explain, can you help explain to me why uh, this price is here? Because the seller is going to have to be forced to, to put on the buyer hat. We need the seller to actually think about buying this business and to imagine himself in the buyer's shoes in order for him to understand that 
the price that he's looking for is completely crazy. And just from my own personal validation, the buyer went to visit a banker today to get the banker's opinion, and the banker told him basically the same thing. You can't pay more than 550 or 600 for this business. So it's frustrating, especially when you want to get out there and you're anxious to get into business or make an investment and you reach a seller who's unreasonable. Um, that this happens all the time. Um, some of my some of my greatest issues with sellers when I was a business broker are number one, I had a nightclub owner whose accountant told him that um, he should apply the same capitalization rate to his business that you would to commercial real estate. So he thought that his nightclub was worth like $2 million, when in fact nightclubs, um, are, which is an extremely risky kind of business, usually go for less than one multiple of discretionary cash flow. Um, another example was a guy who had a computer PC repair outfit and he paid an accountant to do an evaluation, paid an accountant a couple thousand dollars to do one. And the accountant compared his business to a publicly traded business, which was on the market at like 14 times earnings, um, which again, bears no resemblance in any way to the reality of small business. The big difference between small business and publicly traded companies is something called liquidity risk. If you own a small business and decide to sell, it can, even if you're asking a reasonable price, it can still take you years to find a buyer uh, to buy that business to turn your, your business into cash, liquidity. Uh, whereas with a publicly traded company, as long as the stock market is open, with a few clicks of a mouse, you can turn your investment into cash. So there's no liquidity risk, relatively speaking, with publicly traded companies and an incredible amount of liquidity risk with private business. Uh, and that's, you know, there's a whole world of private equity firms out there who basically target upper middle private business, businesses with EBITDA of, you know, a couple million bucks. They'll buy them on a five or six times multiple. They'll then go through the industry, they'll call it a platform. They'll go through the industry and they will acquire other people in that same kind of business and merge the companies together, buying them again on a five, six, seven times earnings multiple. And then once they've got it together and it's a bigger size, they'll then spin it out as a publicly traded company and unload the shares onto the basically the investing public who's buying stocks um, and hope to get like a 9, 10, 11, 12 times multiple. Um, and those are guys that have big pockets because a lot of the times these initial investments are made with cash. Anyway, that's enough ramblings for now. If you want to learn more about local investments to make money, you should be buying my book, Invest Local. Um, if you want to learn more about business finance in general, visit my blog site, investlocalbook.com, download my 15 free business finance articles. And if you want to learn more about uh, buying small businesses or selling small businesses, uh, stay tuned for more reports, books, and courses. Investlocalbook.com. Thanks.